Hello and welcome to another episode of DIY EV Chat. My name's Tom Cheeswright and my guest today is a man who, well, I think probably has some guilt about my uh, introduction into the EV conversion world and I suspect the same is true for a lot of you too. Um, his videos were, the thing that probably convinced me that this was possible, um, didn't absolve him uh, or me of any risk but or remove the chance of any risk but did make me think that it was entirely possible and it was something I could do on my front drive and so I did. Uh, welcome to DIY EV Chat, Damien Maguire. Thank you Tom, thank you very much for having me on. My absolute pleasure. So listen, I, the first place I want to start is 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 kind of with it, where I start with everybody, which is the skills to do this. What was your background? What skills did you have before you even started on your first conversion or considered the possibility? Where did you come into this world? Sure. Um, well, my formal qualification is as an electronics engineer. Um, at the time that I... I suppose started my first conversion in 2009. I had about 10 to 11 years of industry experience at that stage, um, mostly with R&D, hardware design, that kind of, th of thing. Um, I'd also, for my youth, been quite interested in cars and always messed around with cars, always had an old banger in the driveway that I'd be messing about on getting my hands dirty and just generally kind of learning and as I as I go um, I suppose I'd also uh, by my nature always kind of branched out into kind of wider things and um, kind of had a bit of mechanical experience like kind of welding fabricating that kind of thing came along um as well so i was kind of i suppose i was in a good place as um as these things go not that not that i would i would like to say not that you need to have that kind of things particularly now uh but a decade or more ago uh we didn't have the things the parts the the kind of sharing uh, that we have going on now so that's um that, that kind of does take a little bit of the the load out of what people need to have um, i think you know even just in the last sort of two years it feels like the the level of expertise you need to have has dropped quite dramatically um yeah you know, i think yeah. it, 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 i look at yeah, how I would approach a project now versus how I approached a project just you know sort of two years ago, and it's there's a huge yeah. amount more information and, and capability out there, and I think you know the shift from yes. um, you know lobotomizing inverters to putting on a, you know to using the zombie verter in the serial communications is a really good example of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, when I looked into it, I first looked into it about two years before I started the 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 first conversion in about 2007 and the only game in town then was to import about 15 grand's worth of gear from the United States and that would basically get you uh, very basic and quite by especially by today's standards low power DC 
series wound motor and a controller and a little two kilowatt charger and that was it that was your mm. 15 grand spent uh so i guess the you know for me what in in 2009 the singular thing that made me made the leap into it was the paul holmes open source dc motor controller and the community that had built up around that and uh, so when i started in on that um i kind of saw the difference that it made to me and i wanted to give something back out into that and it just kind of walked on from there and i can remember thinking back then you know, oh, you know, I'll do this for a year, maybe two, and then I'll get bored and I'll move on. And we're now, what, I don't know, 13 years down the road. And, uh, you know, and this is, this has by the actions, I would say, mostly of the people that have, you know, supported me over the years. This has become what I do now. Uh, so I try to, try to figure out how all the, the black boxes work and make them accessible so that's my day job uh, so so what was that what was that community what was that community that you first you mentioned you say did you say paul holmes this open source dc controller yeah yeah basically back then uh there was a guy in the us called paul holmes and the forum I think the forum is still there. I think most of the information is still there. It was the Eco Modder uh, forum, and um, like I joined up there, and I was able to buy this little kit from Paul, which was the kind of brain board, the control board for this thing, and I got that, and it was like a hundred euros or something like that to get that here to me, and I thought, well, you know, I kind of can't go too far wrong with this and i was able to then say okay that's how that works and build my own power stage and i went through various iterations with it but i had a running motor and i thought well at that time as well i was kind of following gavin shoebridge's videos on youtube uh because he was really the only uh person on there then that was doing a video series about a build and i thought well you know i kind of need to i need to show people you know you don't need to go and spend 15 grand on this so i broke out a this is embarrassing a vhs camcorder <laughs> and um got myself a video capture card and uh, so my first videos from 2009 are still there in good old analog um, format. Uh, so, yeah, that's... And then it was kind of... From there on, that's, that's, that's what it's been for me. And the cameras have improved, fortunately. Can't say my looks have. Uh, but the cameras by virtue of I guess you know what's in your phone now is you know better than most cameras you can buy uh, so that's what I tend to that's what I tend to do and uh, and so was that your so, first conversion did you capture your first conversion then yeah and, and what was that because you you're obviously a BMW man um, what what led you down that path 
Well, what what happened was that I got the I got the controller kit, the little board from Paul Holmes, and um, I got that working on the bench. The first motor that I uh, that I spun with that was an old starter, an old Nissan Sunny starter motor. Uh, but I thought I'm going to need a motor that I can put in a, a car. So. Then what I saw people on that forum doing was they were they were modifying forklift motors. And I thought, okay, how am I going to get a forklift motor? So I got on the the yellow pages, or as we call it here, because there was some lawsuit. The it can't be called the yellow pages here, so it's called the golden pages. And I just <laughs> spammed every single forklift company in the country with email i must have sent about 40 emails i got three responses <laughs> i got one motor for completely free i got one motor just for the cost of shipping it and i got one motor uh, i think i paid like 300 or 400 euros for it so all of a sudden i had these motors and i had a way to control them and yeah so then I, I kind of figured, okay, I need a car. And um, so I went, I spoke to a friend of mine that ran a little independent garage. And he said, well, he said, I have a, I have a BMW E36 compact here with a engine that's blown the head gasket. And I can give it to you for 200 euros. How does that sound? So sold, sight unseen. And uh, that was it. That was the that was the first conversion. Um, and, and did you have a passion for BMWs on. before that, or was that just that was your introduction? I kind of, it, sort of, yeah. They were kind of a, they were kind of a brand that I liked, but I wouldn't have, um, you know, I wouldn't have been as, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have been as dead set um, as I find myself now. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of, once I got in working on the car and that I could kind of see with it that, you know, that kind of somebody thought a little bit and somebody cared a little bit. And uh, I'm sure there are other brands that do that, but uh, this was like kind of the one that I was there working on. So that's what got me hooked. Um, so then like I had to buy a couple of special tools and get wiring diagrams and stuff. So then it just kind of went on naturally from there. Uh, I think at one point I've had to reduce the fleet a little bit now because of the house move. But I think at one point I had nine of them. Um, so that was probably a little bit too many. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was that's what got me hooked on the Beamers. Uh, was that little car? Um, so your first so... one was that was the E thirty six compact then, and that was that was running a DC motor. What what was your next one? What yeah. did you do after that? So I actually uh, with that car that was like I said that was well over ten years ago, and ten years ago was when I moved to this house. And I had that car on the road then with a nine kilowatt hour pack of uh, lithium cells that I'd made up out of those um, headway 
I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're the kind of cylindrical cells. And I'd made up a pack. That's all on VHS for you if you want to look <laughs> at it as well. Uh, so um, complete with various tracking bars running across the screen for you. Uh, so that, um, that car was how I moved here. The previous wow. house I was in was, was about 40 miles away. And I remember some weeks uh, driving. One week I drove 739 miles in that car. Just wow. there and back, there and back. Then when I came here, um, uh, moved here full time in October 2012. Uh, so then I wanted to do another project. Um, I wanted to do a five series and then uh, the E39 was the one that I really wanted and I basically went off and I found the cheapest E39 in Ireland at the time was 700 euros. It was about 200 miles away from here. It had a two-liter petrol engine with the head gasket gone in at least three different spots. Uh, the guy had attempted to repair some of the coolant hoses with uh, silicon sealant, bathroom sealant. <laughs> that didn't work. Um, you surprised me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it surprised me too. Um, and there was more water in the oil sump than oil. Uh, but I got it home. Uh, it took a it took a full day. It took a lot of water. It took more water than petrol, unsurprisingly. <laughs> About four cans of Radweld from various filling stations along the way that had no effect at all, but they made me feel good that I was trying to help it. Uh, so got it home, and um, the. Engine had got so hot on the last leg that it had scorched the paint on the inside of the bonnet. So that's still there. That mark is still there on it. Uh, but that car then, that car got another DC motor because that was still about the most affordable, the easiest to get, the thing I was most familiar with. And that car with the DC motor, that was a rebuilt forklift motor again, one of the ones that I'd gotten free. Um, and that DC system in that car ran for just over a hundred thousand miles. Um, and there was no need to change brushes or no maintenance on it or any of that stuff that you frequently heard being spun, usually by the people that wanted to sell you a 10 grand AC motor. Uh, so... That car then, it got, uh, that's been through a few different iterations. Now, literally just this week on, I drove it down to the new house. Um, it's got an AC system in it now, uh, Siemens uh, motor and a Toyota Prius Gen 3 inverter um, in that doing the job of inverter and DC-DC. And that drove uh, 174 miles um to the new house wow uh, and what packs in that what what batteries in that 
So that's had a few different ones. Um, what's in it at the minute is a nine kilowatt hour BMW hybrid uh, battery. I think it was from a 740e, uh, and that is in parallel with a old um, Gen One Nissan Leaf pack, so the 24 kilowatt hour pack that wow. came out of my wife's uh, Nissan Leaf. Um, about a year ago, uh, so that's in there, and I didn't actually until the trip this week know what the actual combined capacity was, because anytime I posted a video about it, the one question you were guaranteed to be in the comment section was, what's the battery capacity, Damien? I don't know, copy paste, I don't know, copy paste. Then you make another video about it, three, two, one, What's the battery capacity, Damien? <laughs> so, turns out I can now answer that here live on TV with you. <laughs> 25 kilowatt hours. <laughs> okay, so that's a sort of a, yeah, so a, a somewhat degraded 24 kilowatt hour pack and a similarly somewhat degraded 9 kilowatt hour BMW pack. So 24, and you did how many miles with that? That drove 174 miles uh, total trip, and I did three, sorry, two charges if you discount it being full leaving here. I did two uh, charging stops on the way, um, and I think that worked out. I posted it on uh, Patreon there. I think mm. the energy consumption worked out at something like 60-something kilowatt hours to get down there, so... Not bad for a 2001 E39 um, with, you know, me in it. Oh, and, of course, a load of stuff from the, wor the workshop in it, too. And yeah, probably you... not the best choice of tires because I had a set of really wide semi-slicks on it. Um, <laughs> so they're not exactly, uh, not exactly energy-efficient tires. Not in, following you know, your own advice about low rolling resistance. No, there. no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. Uh, that's got to be rule number one. So, so that's you, when the you land to, yacht. Yeah. So when you moved to this house, then you had you had space to work, didn't you? And you had yeah. you know, actually a garage, but there's still a fair bit done on the driveway. Oh, it was all it was it was all done on the driveway. I mean, I could at best get up to the windscreen in here because uh, it's quite a small garage and once i started putting stuff in here you know there was just no space to bring a full-size car in here um but yeah i i did i did all the conversions um on the driveway here uh the only exception to that was when i put the tesla drive unit into the 8 series uh, mm. a good friend of mine um, helped me and we could use his workshop for that because that wouldn't have been much fun trying to bench press that thing up into the into the bottom of the panzer so uh, do, do you still have the 8 series is that one gone oh yeah oh yeah that that got driven down this week as well um that has better tires though by the way uh, so that's got driven down. Basically, all the cars are now down at the new house, with the exception of the E46 Touring that I just use for literally. The Grey Goose. 
Yeah, the Grey Goose, correct. Uh, that I use for traveling between here and the new house and hauling all of this junk. So. Yeah, it's a useful, useful car. What's what's running the Grey Goose these days? So the Goose has uh, the Goose has a Gen One Leaf motor and inverter, uh, Zombie Verter VCU, and a Gen One uh, Renault Zoe, the twenty-two kilowatt hour battery, and obviously the CCS fast charging with the uh, with the BMW Lim. And it's got a Tesla Model 3 PCS um, that does 10 kilowatt AC charging and DC-DC converting. I mean, that's just so, a, such a useful combination. That's a very, yeah, like, such yeah. a usable package, that. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. And that car, um, that car has been kind of the test bed for the VCU and all of the software that I've been working on for that. Um it's also in the land yacht as well, and very soon now there'll be one going into the Panzer. So, um, like like all the cars, I try to make up as many combinations of things as I can in them because, in one sense, they're they're obviously cars for me to drive, but by the the same token, they're they're for uh, testing things that I'm designing and then ultimately making available to the community. Uh, so, so you've got one running Nissan Leaf, one running yeah. Tesla, one yeah. running still got, still got one running Siemens one PV fifty one. Yeah, it's the Siemens um, with the Prius in yeah. Verter. Um, have you got anything? You've got anything running the GS four fifty the. L110. I did, I did, um, I did at one point, um, I had uh, I had a 7 Series, an E65 7 Series. That's right. Um, that had the GS450H uh, gearbox and inverter in it. Now, when the house move came up uh, last summer, <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of realized that I wouldn't have the time to finish it. Uh, so there was a good friend of mine has taken that car and he's working away on it. Um, and I had another, I had another E39 um, that I had put in the Lexus, what is it, RX 400 rear yes, differential we... motor um, into the rear subframe. Um, As I said, I saw you modding so the subframe. Yeah. So he's taken that as well. So he has both of those cars. And uh, so what I'm hoping is he'll kind of finish them off, do some more work on them. Um, though I might hopefully in the future when things calm down a little bit for me, I might get back involved with them. Because uh, I really would like to do another project with some of the, with the GS450 system in particular. But I think there's, that being said, there's, there's quite a few people on the open inverter forum now that have actual daily driving cars with that system in there. Yeah. Uh, so that's really good to see. Um, but I'm, I did, hoping, yeah, I drove it. I'm hoping in a few months I'll have a drivable one with the uh, with the L210. We shall see. 
Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw. I didn't get to see the video, but I saw that you had posted a video with a new build. I just didn't get a chance yeah. to see it because I've been too I've not, I've not even tried to get it spinning yet, but I've got the I've got the the inverter. I've got the L210 gearbox. Um, some well, that's the one that it. doesn't have the, that's the one that doesn't have the external pump. That's right, yeah. Yes, I know it, yeah. I know it, yes. I know that one. That... Yeah, that's from the newer, I think that's from the newer 2010 or 2011 on Lexus. I think they got rid of yeah. the... The, yeah, uh, the IS300H. Um, that's it, that's it. Um, yeah. but so, I had one of those inverters here. Yeah. I must get another one now because I sold that inverter. Um, but that looked... Um, I actually used one of those IS300 inverters for another project, not controlling a Lexus uh, motor, but it worked really well. It was a very powerful one. Uh, so it'd be good. It'd be good to see that working. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. The well, trick with those, yeah. Trick with those is try to get access to the serial data um, between the Lexus VCU and the inverter but maybe you know fingers crossed we will be able to find some way to do, do yeah I'm, I'm hoping the protocol is similar to the gs450 um mm. or, or even better well, toyota same, are really good with, yeah toyota are pretty good with that they tend to keep things fairly standardized um i mean we have the we have the prius gen 3 inverter workable with the gentry trans axle mm. and it seems also that you can connect i know i did one here i didn't get a chance to do much on it but i did one there was a different toyota motor that i connected to the prius gentry inverter and running it with the vcu it just said yeah that's fine spin and it was like okay that works so mix there match. might be possibilities you know it might even be a thing that with the is 300 gearbox it might be possible to connect that to a prius inverter and uh, you know the prius inverter might say yeah that's fine and just spin it up so i don't i don't i don't know but there's only one way to find out <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I, I like your advice on that front. If nobody knows the answer to the question, there's really only one way to find out, which is to try it. And uh, yeah, which is, which makes which I, I think that's, the, that's a good, fun way to do it. It's particularly, particularly yeah. with the availability of parts now, and that's something else that seems to have changed is is just the sheer availability of OEM oh, components now. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's not even the availability of them. It can be sometimes the fact that. Um, Sometimes the fact that the quality and the testing and the R&D that you're buying in, you know, when you go down to the scrapyard and you pay, I got, there's a, I, got a, I have a Gen 3 leaf stack there uh, that I'm going to put in the truck conversion. And I think that cost me like 600 euros or something. <laughs> and uh, the engineering that you're getting with that, is just unreal probably i don't know a couple of hundred million that probably cost nissan to um to uh engine engineer and if it blows up we'll just go get another one and put it in there 
you know this is this is the this is the thing with it it's um and i say to people like i see some folks today like to you know try to do things from scratch and uh i suppose i i tend to try to steer them away a little bit because you, you know okay you can do it i've done it lots of people can still do that but i'd rather be driving these days so if i can buy a charger from a leaf or a motor from a tesla or whatever it is and just plug into that and yeah just get all that just let them do the hard work for 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 you uh, that's kind of my so the, tr the truck's an interesting project so what, what are the plans for that now i mean you obviously got a lot of work to do on the new house before you can start getting sure. into more engineering well, i mean i, I kind of think kind of think this this the strange thing with the truck was that um the strange thing with the truck was that i when i got the house um I kind of looked and I said to myself, I'm going to need a truck because now I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rancher. So I got a one acre ranch that I'm going to need to wrangle cars on and they're going to get stuck. So I'm going to need a truck. Um, and uh, so I kind of, again, I out and I found the cheapest um, truck size, four wheel drive, proper crew cab truck that I could find um, and it was that one I think I I yeah I think I really blew the, the the budget on that I think that cost me like 900 euros delivered so like some guy came up with it on the back of a truck and pushed it off so I said thank you very much take my cash and it's like and the truck driver was like kind of flabbergasted he kind of looked at me and he said did you go to see that first? Nope. Take my cash. But do you want to have a look at it? No, I'm fine. Here's the money. Okay. More on alert. I'll take that. <laughs> Gone. So, uh, yeah, I got a truck. Um, it's a Mitsubishi L200. I found that name a little bit bland. So it turns out that in, I think in Australia and the US, it's called the Mitsubishi Triton. So I thought that's better. So that's called the Triton missile now. Um, so that got driven to the new house. Um, that cost 60 euros of diesel. And if they charge the same for water as they charge for diesel, probably about a grand's worth of uh, water because the head gasket's well gone on that one. Um, so that's getting... That's getting basically the 110 kilowatt uh, Nissan Leaf Gen 3 complete stack. So motor, inverter, PDM. Um, so that'll be getting bolted up to the existing uh, gearbox. So I'll have the gearbox, transfer box, diff lockers, all that kind of thing on it. So that is probably going to get done a little bit sooner than maybe i would like to because of the fact that i literally do need a truck truck uh for what i'm doing there um like whether it's hauling trees down the field or you know going to get things that i need for the house um yeah so that'll be that and the question that then gets asked whenever i post a video about the truck is what kind of battery are you putting in it and i don't know 
Oh, I don't know. I'll have to find one. Whatever turns uh, up. Whatever, when it turns up. Whatever's, whatever's here. Whatever, whatever turns up. So let's go back to the business then, because you know it has become your business, you know, you, the sort of EV BMW business. You've got quite yeah. the. It's funny. You, so you went through a period of sort of having quite a range of products now, and actually it looks like Zombievert has narrowed that down a bit. But then you yeah. get into things like you know the charging controllers and stuff like that. You know, yeah, where's the where's the business at now? Is it it is your full time business? Do you have sort of a a view of where where it goes next? What the next big challenges are? Um. Yeah, this is what I've been doing uh, full time. I left uh, my my last job. Um, I left it in. Uh, I, I always get this wrong. I think it was 2016, um, and it was kind of a few reasons for that. One was a kind of a medical problem because I'd had two heart attacks within a nine month period. Um, I'd have to have surgery and all kinds of things there so that kind of made me sort of stop and look at you know the way life was going for me and where I wanted to be with it um and also at that time um there was quite a few things I was very lucky because a lot of people helped me through that particular period um both financially and um, I guess moral support, that kind of thing. I mean, some from people that were close to me and also from people that I don't know, people from, you know, just strangers, internet. Um, so that's always a very humbling exper experience uh, when folks do that. Um, I wanted to give back. Like I said, I've always wanted to give back ever since the DC thing and kind of try to help people. And I suppose I realized very quickly that I couldn't really help individual people because there's just so many. Um, mm. And I had to kind of put up a bit of a wall to stop people from kind of swamping me because I kind of made the the kind of choice that I could help maybe one or two people a year get their cars working and, you know, so I could go work on their cars with them and probably make, you know, quite a lot of money doing that. Mm. Um, but I'd rather help a hundred people a year make a little bit of money, enough to survive, enough to keep me in batteries. And... Uh, <laughs> you know, be able to feed some of that money back into getting more stuff that I could re reverse engineer and make controls for it and get them out there and get people using them. So that's um, that's where I've been since then. Uh, and it's what I'm doing at the minute. I don't really want to... This, this may seem a little strange, but... I don't actually want to, as they say these days, grow the business or evolve the business. I want it to kind of be this little simple cottage industry sort of a thing that I can do from, you know, very modest um, overheads. Uh, so I've no desire like to have, a, you know, a big fancy conversion workshop with lifts and 20 guys running around in matching t-shirts with 
Damien is best blazing <laughs> over them kind of thing. Um, now that would feed the old ego and the narcissism, but it would very quickly deplete the bank account. Um, and then you know that's kind of well, not and where deplete I want to be. You so, as well. Yes, yes, correct. So I want to I want to try to keep it at this level. Um, where I can split my time between personal stuff, projects, and getting kits and boards out to customers. Um, so I guess the biggest threat that I've had through the, the pandemic and that has been the semiconductor shortages. Mm. Um, that's caused a lot of shake up in how I've done things. and But I've worked through it. Um, I've avoided fortunately avoided touch wood so far any kind of fake components or um that's good that kind of thing because getting for example the stm32 processor that's on the zombie verter became almost impo impossible through traditional channels so i did find a supplier in china for them as was, i said to myself 99 percent these are going to be fake it won't matter what they say to me so i got a few and i bench tested them and they seem fine so i thought right well i can't sell these to people if i don't know that they work so i put them in a car and that's in the e39 and i drove it and i'm still here so therefore i'm pretty <laughs> sure they're not fakes Either are very good fakes, um, or they're the real, the real thing. So um, hopefully now the supply chains will sort themselves out, and we'll be able to get normal parts again. So listen, a few of my standard questions to to wrap up. First one is, um, what's the regulatory environment in Ireland like in terms of getting converted cars on the road? Sure. Um, well, I, know, I, I know in the UK, you guys are having a bit of a nightmare at the minute. Um, here, uh, my first car when I brought it to the NCT, which is the Irish version of the MOT, it yeah. failed on emissions um, because there was no way they couldn't put the probe anywhere. You know, where am I going to put this? Okay, I won't tell you where I think you should put it, okay? <laughs> you know, this is before Watershed TV here. So, um, but uh, to be fair to them, they sorted it out. Uh, I got on to the NCT people here, this is like back in 2010. Um, they sorted it. They gave me a free retest. Um, I haven't had any problems then. Um, regards registering or changing the registration documents um there is or at least there was a fairly straightforward procedure for that there was a form you just filled it filled this in you could put fuel type electric on this and get a um a main dealer for whatever brand of car that you had to just kind of sign this now right. i did that once or twice that was fine but then uh, we got to the point that the main dealers wouldn't do that. Um, so I had a bit of back and forth with the local authority. And I said to them, okay, well, I said, let me turn this around to you. What would you accept other than um, a main dealer stamp? So they 
went off and thought about it and they came back to me and they said well if you get an automotive engineer's report um stating that it's an electric vehicle i said i can do that that's fine went off found an automotive engineer um came out like a hundred and 60 euros or something to do an inspection on the car spent about three hours talking to the, the guy learned an awful lot um about you know where i should and shouldn't place parts that i hadn't even thought about so that was really, oh, really? Good. yeah send this off and you get your registration document back um so where i'm moving to now uh, I'll be in a different area, a different local authority, because here it's the local authorities that handle the vehicle re registration All and right. kind of changes. Right. There is a central, uh, there is a central uh, vehicle kind of registration uh, people, but they only really handle things like doing the things like traditional renewing motor tax, changing address, all this kind of thing. It's the local authority that has to handle the thing. So where I'm moving now will be a different local authority. So it'll be interesting when I send the forms in to them and they look at this and say, ah, yeah, you're having a laugh. You think, sure, it's an electric <laughs> truck. Sure, let me type that up on my invisible typewriter for you. And uh, so, you know, there might be a bit more <laughs> toing and throwing there because unfortunately there's a bit of a, it's a bit of a history in this country of cars with much larger engines in them being registered as much smaller engines and paying less tax. So I think unfortunately some of them see the, you know, the, yeah, sure, it's electric. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> This is my one, well, one litre Dodge Charger, yeah. <laughs> yes, as I, as I once said to a guy that was challenging me about that on one of the cars, and I sent him a link to the YouTube channel, and I said, if what I was doing was trying to dodge paying you, like whatever it was, a grand a year in tax, by doing all of this work, I would be the dumbest fraudster <laughs> on the planet, right? Because I could have probably paid you a hundred years tax by now for all the money I've spent doing this. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But we're not um, so far. What's your favourite tool? What's the tool that, uh, that you Ooh. find most useful most often? Okay. Okay. I'm going to just be right back. <laughs> man's best friend okay this is my best friend this is a honest to god this this thing is kind of okay this is the most expensive single tool that i've ever bought and i bought it second hand but oh yes <laughs> Oh, one for the shopping this is, list. Yes, this is, and for those that want to know, this is the Milwaukee M18 CHIWF12. This thing, no bolt can resist this. And when I get frustrated and angry and stuff, I just say, I'm, I'm getting this. 
I'm getting I'm going to get it. Okay, I'm going to get this. I'm going to put this on you. And the boat just says, oh, God, no, it just comes out. So, that's it. Brilliant. What's been the biggest challenge? Uh, probably money. Um, probably money, but it's, it's also been the greatest strength for me. And that sounds weird because if I had a load of cash... Well, I did just I just go buy brand new stuff off the shelf and just click it all together and great and go drive them. But I think the fact that I haven't had money to spend has meant that I've had to okay, better get the head working and we better figure out how to use a Nissan Leaf motor or a Prius inverter or a Tesla charger or whatever I can find and um, just make it work and uh, yeah, just. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of you know, it's kind of one way. It's like it's like all all engineers need constraints. Like you know, there's no fun engineering yeah. unless there's constraints, and money's one of them. Yep. yep. And what's been the most Brilliant. rewarding thing? Oh, um, in general, driving the cars. It, it's that first. It's the first. The first roll, the first drive, you know, that that's it. I I never forget the first time that I drove the first um conversion, like with the forklift motor and homemade controller, the Paul Holmes controller and a couple of scrap car bat, 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 batteries stuck in the boot and it was when I pressed the throttle and the car just moved out of that parking spot. You know, only rolled three feet, but that was just, oh, man. Yeah, that's in there. Once you do that once, yeah, it was like, I don't know, it was it was just addictive. It is. It's, it's such a joy. It's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's I think so you're rewarding. in the same boat now. You've got, you've got too many cars now as well. <laughs> Well, I sold my. I sold what used to be my. I said I don't drive very much. These are purely just fun projects. I my car right. mostly gets used. Well, now the car gets the EV gets used to drive to the garage to play with another EV, and it gets used to drive my daughter to dancing on a Saturday, and that's pretty much Perfect. it. Um, Perfect. But uh, yeah, they're Perfect. just going to look really pretty and occasionally put a big smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, that's the important thing. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Damien. That has been a lot of fun. Not at and, all. Uh, you know, again, as I said to to Johannes uh, on the last episode, you know, I'm so glad you did decide to give back to the community and, and put that effort in, um, because it's you've been the the gateway drug for so many of us to get into to EV conversions and made it oh, much <laughs> much more possible. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna... <laughs> So yeah, I shall post a link to um, Damien's videos in the show notes. If you are looking to get started in this, they're a great place to start. Um, go and learn how to make sort of different bits, how things are hooked up. Good long instructional videos. Um, not at all boring, despite his claims. Uh, and that's it. Thanks for watching. Uh, please do like and subscribe if you like this. And if you just want an audio version, by the way, these uh, podcasts are also put out as pure audio. You can get them on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and all the usual places you get podcasts as well. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.